Well, folks, it has been long awaited, but after many months, many boring weekends, many boring Mondays with no uploads, season three of the Peaked Too Early podcast returns, and with it, so does a new season of Premier League football. I am your host, Blake Munchell, and I am joined by the ever-lovely Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you doing? Hello. Uh, Football is back, Blake, and the one thing I know for certain is that we know nothing, which uh, is always a fantastic way to start the season. I'm doing well. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's been very hot here, cloying heat. Although, like I was telling you before we hit record, I'm going to play some football this weekend, I think. And knock on wood, the weather is meant to be gorgeous for the next week. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Um, and yeah, just, you know, counting down the days before I go back to work, basically. How are you? How's Hungary? You went to Hungary. Yes, I felt like a British tourist. I (laughs) went abroad and returned back as a lobster. Nice. Um, I foolishly thought that because the sun was behind all the clouds, I wouldn't get sunburned. Um, And I spent all day at the Hungarian baths. um, Oh, were you in Budapest? uh, Yes. Ah, Very nice. Um, And I got very sunburned. Um, but it's all gone. Um, so I'm in a great mood. Um, good fun fact. Uh, also like a dumb tourist, I got scammed in Budapest, um, for the first and only time in my life. Um, and luckily it was only for 50 euro. So details, what did you get scammed for? Uh, so we, we got to like our accommodation and it was 8.01, and then the currency exchange place had closed at 8. But so you know how mm. there's always a guy sitting behind glass, and then there's the front door. So the, the bars had been pulled down over the glass, but the front door was still open. So we walked in, and oh. we looked at the exchange rate, and I was like, this exchange rate isn't so good. We can find a better place tomorrow. And so we walk out, and the guy runs out after us and is like, oh, He's like, oh, I, I can still exchange. I can still exchange. Like, we're not cl- closed yet. I was just in the in the process of closing. I was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. actually, your exchange rate wasn't so good, so we're just going to find a different place. He's like, okay, I'll give you a much better exchange rate. I was like, okay. And, like, that's fine. Um, and he gave us what's considered a good exchange rate. Um, and then he ended up giving us a currency that hasn't been valid since 2002. Oh, no. Um, so, essentially, uh, it's worth one one hundredth of oh. what it is. But you know, it could have been worse. Could it's have been worse. It really could. Have, at least it was only fifty euros. Right. Yeah. People spend fifty euros on souvenirs. So I essentially sure. have a. You have a good a story. Nice souvenir. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, it's a lesson. I'll never. I'm. Again. I'm convinced that when we were in the UK, I kind of got scammed on the South Bank when when I, I, I wanted Jenny to try 99, which I don't know if you know what those are, Blake, but they're like a soft serve ice cream with a chocolate flake in it. And I mean, they used to be 99 pence, I guess, at some point. But I, I knew that they would be more expensive, but I didn't know how expensive. The guy charged us, I think I, think I paid like £8.50 for two 99s. I don't think that's right. I, I think he scammed me, um, which made me sad because that, that I must have been giving off like big tourist energy. 
Um, but, you know, at least we, we have a photo with our 99s. It was kind of like a check off the uh, bucket list moment, I suppose. All right. Well, hey, let me let me attempt a segue. You know what we didn't get scammed by, Blake? The quality what? of the opening weekend of the 22-23 season of Premier League football. Good segue? Wow, quality. Well, quality yes, and, and true for one of us, and maybe not so entertaining for you. But... Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although I did see a, a good few matches, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to dive into it. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I think what we're going to do for this pod is a sort of expectations versus reality kind of thing. Um, like I said at the top, we know nothing about football and the Premier League at this point because it just... The first month doesn't count, frankly. Um, but still plenty of stuff to dive into. And, and Blake, take us away. Where do you want to start? What do you want to begin with? Um, I will start with... Uh, this is going to be a podcast full of me walking back my bad takes yeah. from last episode. Yeah. Same. So I will start with walking back my take that Holland will get 15 or fewer goals ah, this season. Yes. Um. In the Man City versus West Ham match, he's already one-seventh of the way there. Um, and he looked incredible. It's he really did. almost inhuman, uh, <laughs> just the way that a six-foot-five guy can move. He's uh, so quick. He's so quick and he's so yeah. broad. Like his, So big. Yeah. He makes the West Ham center backs look like midfielders or strikers you know he looks like yeah. the center back um but yeah. uh yeah he does yeah he does. and it was one of those scary things where you know man city seemed like they weren't fully out of the gate and they still looked pretty comfortable um uh mm-hmm. they oh they didn't they I, didn't get up into third gear no you're right yeah definitely not um and they uh brutalized uh <laughs> west ham uh, on the stat yeah. sheet. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, West Ham only completing 260 passes against Man City, which is uh, mm. one-fourth of the amount that Man City completed. Um, but yeah, my first walk back is that Erling Holland will be pretty damn good yeah. this year. I, which I Holland, never said he would ho- good. I said no, no. For so many. I mean, just on Holland, like, I think that I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but when I was watching him on Saturday, I I must have only watched maybe a couple of Champions League, like 90 minutes of Holland, right? And then I've seen highlights, like copious amounts of highlights, but I've not sat through many 90 minutes of him. So I was watching him throughout this match. Contrary to what lots of write-ups were saying, I don't think that um, Man City tore us apart. I think we looked quite solid. We just gave them all the ball and didn't do anything against them. But we didn't look calamitous at the back, despite the fact that we were playing Ben Johnson at centre-back because we have no fit centre-backs, and Zuma picked up an injury within, like, 50 minutes. But just on Holland, I, I don't know, you can call me out for this, but I'm not sure I've seen... Okay, it's like a footballer who's that big and that fast and moves like that, maybe since Ronaldo Phenomeno. And I, do you see what I, where I'm drawing these similarities? Like, if you look at footage of 20-year-old Ronaldo Phenomeno... He's that same, he's huge, the dude is huge, and he's so fast, and the way he like runs into space off the, off the back of, this, of the centre-back, that curving run, is, it's, it's like what Holland does. And so I think that, yeah, I, I agree with you, um, 
the guy could score 35 in the Prem this year. Um, and and he could have had like four or five in this match because the the City players are still not finding him when he's making the runs. There were at least three separate occasions where they could have put in the same exact ball and he would have scored the same exact goal. Um, so scary stuff to come from from him, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I judge a lot of my opinions on footballers on how they look. Um, yeah. So uh, Erling Holland looks like a big baby. Uh, he does. And it's got a, it's got a he's like a baby, baby face. face killer. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I am, yeah, pretty petrified. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, my prediction that West Ham would win their first four matches and be top no. in the Premier League. So far, not going so hot. Currently, nineteen. Yeah, I mean, um, listen, it's fine. <laughs> what else did we expect against Man City, right? Like, nothing, nothing else. Like, no, you know, I, I just we were going to give up all that possession, and we were always going to concede, and and it's fine. Uh, when Skamaka came on, I thought he was really good. It looked dominant in the air, making good runs. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, we picked up injuries in this match. Um, Antonio picked up a knock. Zuma. Uh, picked up a knock, and Fabianski went off uh, through injury. Um, and now that uh, Diop is out the door to Fulham, I think that was confirmed today, we don't have any fit centre-backs at this moment. Um, I'm assuming that Diop's departure signals the arrival of at least one player. I've seen, I think that we've had, we have an agreement for this guy called Shalai, who plays for Fenerbahce. He's a young, big, fast centre-back. And then, um, you know, the Tino Carrere right? at PSG? He's Hungarian, yeah. Um, yeah Tino Carrere at PSG, yeah. uh, who I have no opinion on him. I don't think I've ever seen him play football. Um, but also fairly tall, fast centre-back who plays on the left. Um, so, you know, I, 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 this was a free hit. I didn't even really get cross at all um, watching this match. Um, it just felt a bit inevitable, and um, and yeah, I, I guess just onto Forest, um, which will be a, a frenetic match, I think, because they started poorly and they're at home um, this weekend. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, so for West Ham, what would you say the biggest positive of this match was? That's a good question. We just didn't do Ben Johnson. I think I want to shout out. I thought he was really, really good at centre back. Um, you know, he's always trusted against really difficult teams. And I think it says something for his tactical um, ability. Uh, you know, we've seen him now play across all the defensive positions, including like a wingback position. Um, so clearly he has, the, he has the mind to, to adapt to different uh, formations and different styles of play. Uh, Skamaka, like I said, I think he looked lively when he got on. I think he looked quality. There was There was one passage of play where he um, cushioned a, a headed through ball on for, I believe it was Pablo Fornals that set up our best chance of the game, which if we had a more clinical, you know, strike at the end of it, it, it would have been a goal because um, it was a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and, and apart from that, no one else shone because no one else got to do anything. Um, I didn't, uh, Bowen was non-existent. Um, Fornals was, was busy as always. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think, Forest is the real start to our season. Um, if we if we're poor against them, then there's some alarm bells ringing. 
but I don't think we will be because we looked solid and uh, I back us. I back us. So um, I feel fine about it. Um, okay. Why sure, don't sure. we chuck in? Well, let's chuck in the other team at the top of the league or that we assume will be at the top of the league at the end of the season because Fulham-Liverpool, um, which opened the Saturday fixtures, was a fantastic game. I don't believe you caught any of the games out in Hungary slash Austria. But um, do you have any thoughts on, on Fulham start, Liverpool start? Um, I This is one of my favourites of the weekend. Yeah, so full disclaimer, I caught 10 minutes of the Fulham-Liverpool match at I nice. stood outside of a pub and watched through the window. Um, and I caught about 20 minutes of the Newcastle match just listening to the radio. Mm. Um, nice. And I turned it off maybe 30 seconds before Fabian Schaar scored. So, uh, what a goal it was. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, for Fulham, um, I guess it's a, a game of many shocks. Um, it's... Mm. Alexander Mitrovic showing what he can do um, and applying it in the Premier yeah. League. It was what a performance. Um, Virgil Van Dyke uh, first penalty conceded and first time dribbled against uh, in his three and a half years or however long it's been at Liverpool, which is just an insane stat. Um, and what a beautiful turn by Mitrovic to for that oh, dribble yeah. past. Um, Beautiful. He's so slow, but he makes yeah. He still makes it look very natural. Um, yeah. And then uh, yeah, also uh, a Darwin Nunez. Of course, his first goal is going to be sensational. Um, and then oh. the inevitable, even when Liverpool are losing, Mo Salah will pull up and uh, save the day, rescue something. Yeah. Um, I just think yeah. that. Yeah. This was just such an excellent start for Fulham. And I think that's how I want to frame it because Klopp's post-match comments were so disappointing to me. I mean, we know that Klopp is a sore loser, but I thought his comments about the dry pitch, he said basically the pitch was dry, it wasn't up to standard. And then he also said that his players didn't show any effort, lacked effort, etc. Such a cop-out. I mean, why not just praise Fulham? Cop-out who were way better than Liverpool. Like, they, they were excellent. They were pressing all over the pitch. They looked sharp. There was great creative moments. They looked pretty solid at the back. Mitrovic put in a worldy performance. Uh, you know, we could clip up my comments about their rubbish signings for a good laugh last pod because Andres Pereira was immense. That dude, like, he was pressing, he was defending, he was great on the ball. He was showed some flair. He looked creative. Polina was... Sh- assured uh, he had his i thought his positioning was amazing and he was really just like throwing himself around as well um you know if fulham play like this for for 80 plus of the season they, they they'll stay up right like i think the question just remains whether whether they put in that performance because they had a point to prove and it's liverpool and it's the first day or whether this is you know maybe uh, indicative of something you know better to come um but yeah, really disappointed in Klopp's post-match comments. I thought that was unnecessary. Yeah, Klopp's always a baby. Um, yeah, yeah, it's one of the reasons yeah. he's very unlikable. Uh, plus, yeah. he's a nerd. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm very happy for Mitrovic. Um, of course, yeah. childhood Newcastle fan, so uh, sure. can do no wrong. 
in the eyes of the Jordy Nation. Cult, Um, cult hero. I have a question about him actually um, regarding that first goal where he rose above Trent to to head it in at the back stick. Do you think Trent really made an error there or is it just objectively really hard to defend against Mitrovic in the air? Like, is anyone else doing much better than that? So, uh, for me, it's one of the things where um, I don't... I don't rate Trent defensively. Um, mm. and, you know, people overstate how bad he is defensively, but he's just a below yeah. average defender. Um, yeah. But even above average defenders who play out wide and are five foot nine are going to get absolutely decimated by a yeah. uh, six foot three, two hundred pounds, three hundred pound target striker. Um, three hundred pounds. Yeah. Yeah, that's just what. He does. He eats up small defenders. Um, yeah. And so n- n- for this goal, no, you cannot really blame Trent. Yeah. Um, it's probably on whoever was the right sided center back in this match. Um, yeah. Who didn't? He probably should have. Probably Van Dyke. Uh, yes. Who Van Dyke was given. No, it's actually Joel Matip um, played Matip. on the right. Van Dyke on the left. Um, but uh, Van Dyke with a terrible rating for this match. Um, yeah, Allison. Cool. Allison got a very five point seven nine who scored rating. Wow. I, I I thought that the incident with Trent. I was looking at that, looking at the replays, and thinking about the evolution of the fullback. And now we've seen we're seeing like elite teams, you know, spearheaded by Guardiola, moving away maybe finally from this like dynamic front three to the target man again right so that's bringing in holland you you could see that chelsea attempted it with lukaku last season and it's working with effect at you know in syria lewandowski has been you know a, a a really prolific striker for the past two years and i was thinking about how maybe the the era of the Jordi alba-esque fullback is ending like the five foot seven five foot eight fast fullback is it going to exist anymore in that defensive position? And I'm wondering whether really the the step forward now is big, rapid fullbacks. So like if you can have a six foot plus fast fullback, you know, is that better than having your, your Jordi Alba and your Trent? I'm thinking like Alfonso Davis, right? Um, at Bayern Munich, super fast, strong, tall. Um, and I don't know. Maybe we'll see. You know that creativity that that fullbacks have been putting up since you know the post I don't know 2017 elite football era start to shift um, more into the midfield and, and sort of stay there. Um, because when I when I looked at Trent defending in this match, I was like, dude needs to be in the midfield. I think like he just needs to be a CM now, and that, I think that's the way he gets a, a long run in the England team as well. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Totally fine if you don't. Um, um, yeah, you know, I think football, like all things, follows these five-year cycles where, you know, one thing starts to sure. dominate, so the lesser teams shift to counteract, and then the bigger teams switch back. So we're probably just entering yeah. the a new era. era again. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Stoke, Love get it. up to the Premier League ASAP. Exactly. And, uh, Peter Grouch out of retirement. Can still do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I like I like Target Man football. Um I think it's quite fun. Um 
I like bully ball and stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm here. For um, it. another question for you: Do Liverpool still need to strengthen? And this is off the back of that Thiago injury. He went off. Um, do you well, do you think? A, a bit. Yeah, I know you hate Thiago. Terrible take. He he's statistically important to that team. But if we can move past that argument, do they need to strengthen? Do they? Or do you think they stick with their guns? Um, do they still have Nabi Keita? Is he still there? They do. They do. Okay. Well, I don't really rate Nabi Keita. I don't really rate Thiago. <laughs> Thiago. Um, Fabinho, of course, is incredible. Um, Jordan Henderson, I don't really rate. Um, I, right. Who else do they have in the midfield? Fabio Carvalho. Curtis Jones is coming through. Um, I, but you I hate him as well. Jones. Harvey Elliott is coming through as a CM. You hate him as well. Oxlade Chamberlain is injured because he always is. Um, that I'm running out already. I think that's it. Hendo, there you go. I think Fabinho, you have the answer. Tiago. Yeah. Yes, they yeah. should strengthen their midfield. Um, I think they have a they pretty should. killer attack and. In defense, you know, they Joel Matip seems to have found his form again after what I thought was quite a wasted career. Um, you know, they should, um, yeah, he, he's been he was better than Van Dyke last season, wasn't he? Um, I th- Liverpool should go in and throw a cheeky 40 million at uh at Barca for Frankie Dion. Why not? Why not? Barcelona, money laundering as much money as they can. Um, yeah. So yeah, at this point, I want to see yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. Well, um, Just literally going to a, yeah. I don't think you should be allowed to do. Uh, no. You know, inflating your own assets. Um, but no, you should. Uh, we're a Premier League podcast, so yes, my answer is. Uh, Yes, right. Frankie de Jong yeah. would be a great signing. Um, there's also sure. a ton of midfielders on the market right now. Um, yeah, who are yeah. like rumors with moving. Um, and so they need to, uh, yeah, yeah refresh that squad a bit, don't they? It's getting old. I think they fielded six players of the age of thirty um, in that match, which I, I thought was interesting. But um, Blake, where are we going to next? Because we spent plenty of time on Liverpool. Um, who else caught your eye this this opening uh, weekday? Week and um, well, uh, I guess I'll continue rolling back my takes. Um, Nottingham Forest, I mm, did them, yes, say, uh, however, as good as Newcastle were, uh, Nottingham Forest were horrendous. Um, yeah, they seemed absolutely shell shocked. Um, but I will say, Newcastle at St. James's is a very difficult first match back in the Premier League in, sure. what, 30 years? Um, so, mm-hmm. um, but uh, not a single shot on target. Um, and uh, a pretty pathetic display from everybody outside of Jack Colbeck, who is one of the oh, most he was hated good. players at Newca- uh, from Newcastle history. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jack Colbeck probably the only um, you know bright spot um, 
And maybe yeah, Sam I just Surge think the okay, but oh, Sam Surge is a weird player, man. He's huge. Theo and I were watching it, and we were like, that if we were professional footballers, that that would be us. It's kind of slow, awkward-looking, massive man who I thought he was terrible. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like his performance. Um, sorry, I'll he let had, you continue. I just want to. Sorry, go. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say he had Nottingham's only two chances. Neither of which ended with he the did, shot yeah. on target, he's, but he scuffed them both. Yeah, uh, exactly. They did come to him. Um, so at least he was in position. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. Jesse Lingard, uh, uh, he's he's sorry. terrible. Yeah, uh, uh, probably he. He was horrendous. yeah. No, but I mean, I just don't think he 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 wasn't able. To, yeah, he wasn't able to take the game by the scruff of of the neck. And I just think that Forrest. Were, it was a real welcome to the Premier League moment because I think they just looked they looked off the pace, and he, despite the fact that in you know in Cooper's post match comments were all about how they were mentally preparing themselves for the step up in quality, but it was still a shock. And I think that you know we'll see this weekend now that they're over that shock how that changes it. And like you said, you know away at St James's Park the first game of the season is is no you know is is no easy task. And yeah, that, that was my, my takeaway from this match. They just looked like it was a half second too fast for them. Um, yes, but to give them some credit, um, Newcastle under Eddie Howe have become an incredible pressing midfield. Um, mm. And mm. Uh, the combination of Joe Willock, Bruno Guimaraes, and Joe Linton did not give the Forest midfield a single split second on the ball. Um, no, it was no. you. You were excellent. Um, yes, um, I am falling more and more in love with Joe Linton every single day. Oh, um, so good. He was incredible, and he almost scored a wonderful goal. Um, he did, yeah, he did. But I guess we should talk about the two wonder goals that were scored. Um, it was Fabian Scher recreating his 2018 goal against Burnley. Um, uh, just stepping up into the midfield, carrying the ball, carrying the ball, not getting closed down on time, and just absolutely belting it into the upper right-hand corner. Um, this is going to be my... Uh, I do this probably twice per season, calling out former Newcastle United left-back John Anderson... Uh, who is now the radio announcer for uh, Newcastle matches, um, who is just one of the most negative assholes that exists. Um, and yes. he said that this goal was 100% on Dean Henderson, um, which is ridiculous. Um, it's like, if Dean Henderson is standing a foot to his left to yeah. prevent this from going in, then you know, like half the goal on the right is available. Um, yeah. So just admit it's a wonder goal. Um, you know, sack John Anderson, get him off the air. I hate listening to him. Um, yeah. Fun fact, way, 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 way back when, um, I think it was like one of the first weeks that we started this podcast. I yeah. came to your apartment at University of Maryland and we watched Newcastle at West Ham. West Ham. And since we couldn't get a good stream, we watched the Newcastle United television. Yeah, it was terrible. Stream with the yeah. announcers. And you said, 
something along the lines of who is this asshole i hate him and that was yeah. john anderson yeah. great um, great yeah uh the other beautiful goal um of this match was uh joe linton getting played uh to the byline uh crosses it in to Kellen Wilson and Kellen Wilson with the beautiful you know, martial arts style contorting his body and chipping it over Dean Henderson. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was beautiful, and I love it. And Newcastle played really well, and uh, I now think that Nottingham Forest will finish 20th um, and get relegated. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly out of the three promoted sides, they look the weakest, uh, and they're still still getting signings through the door. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, once again, we know nothing from the opening uh, weekend. Yes, um, but we must dedicate terrible takes um, and go back and forth. And we must. We must. Um, uh, let's talk about, yeah, the final promoted team, Bournemouth, who played Villa. Um, and it was a great start for them in front of their home fans. Uh, they... What beat Villa 2-0, um, including a Kiefer Moore header. So he scored in what every every um every league, right? In from the fifth tier upwards now. Um which is which is a great achievement for him. Um I, I thought that this match was more on Villa than Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth were good, but you know, a la Brentford of last season, which is a terrible example because Brentford were great last season. But you know, in front of your home fans, you can make it a difficult atmosphere against a team who, you know, have very high expectations set against them. Um, I just thought Villa was so bad. Um, and, and they offered very little in that 2-0 in that defeat. Um, you know, like we said, there's high expectations on Gerrard and, and, and company. And I honestly don't think they will deliver. Um, and that's not even just off this match. I just think, you know, like, like we were discussing last pod, um, it, it's just the chemistry is not working. Um, there's something missing in this side. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I'm sure it was nice for, for Bournemouth fans to watch that, uh, you know, that opening match day. And um, yeah, I think that, like we said before, the fact that they kept a clean sheet was, was something. And, and Travers now the goalie has big competition uh, in Neto, the former what Valencia Barca goalkeeper who just signed a few days ago. He'll provide stiff competition or maybe is coming in as the first team goalie. Who knows? And they also signed the centre-back Senesi from PSV Eindhoven. Ooh, I didn't know that. Uh, it's a 28-year-old Argentine centre-back who's, you know... Very athletic. Has been very athletic. Yeah, very highly rated for the past few seasons. The, the performances he's put in, especially in Europe, have been eye-catching. Um, pretty big dude, but lithe and um, and fast. Um, so that goes some way to replacing the the Nat Phillips shaped hole that Bournemouth have um, in their back line. But uh, yeah, I still give them very little chance of staying up because I I still do I think their squad is just so thin on the ground. But you know they're they're making moves and that can only be a good thing. Yes. Um... I have a quick question for you. Um, yes, please. So Kiefer Moore, uh, yes, mm. has scored in the top five divisions of English football. Um, yeah. He, in fact, his name is Kiefer 
Roberto Francisco. Roberto Francisco. Moore. Yeah. Um, and he is eligible to play for three nations, although he plays for yeah. the Royals. Can you tell me the other two nations he's eligible for? Uh, it's got. A, I know China, right? Yep. Yes. And uh, England. I'm guessing England. Yes, he was born in England. Yeah, I knew the China one because you know. I mean, he scored the goal that took Bournemouth up, um, and so you know they did a profile on him on some pod I was listening to, and and they were like, you know, he's eligible to play for China. I don't actually know why though. Why? Who's is he? Has like a um, grandparent or something? Yeah, grandparent. quarter Chinese or something. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, he, yeah, he, he's also, he's had quite a good, um, quite a good career. Uh, he's played for some very big clubs, uh, you know, all over England. Um, but yeah, I like Kiefer more. Um, I think he's a good oh, player. Yeah. Um, yeah, decent player. This is the return of the target man. Um, yes. The yes. other thing I wanted to talk about this match was the Diego Carlos uh performance um probably the worst stat line yes you could have um zero tackles zero intercept interceptions um rubbish a very abysmal pass accuracy I don't remember what it was 75% pass accuracy um and who scored gave him a 5.6. Who, this is a player that, uh, you know, was tweeted for the uh, best centre-back signing um, of the summer window. Um, Do you think this is just this match, or do you think maybe there's a chance that he won't be able to adapt his game to the Premier League like people predicted? Yeah, look, I, I feel like I said it even way back in January when Newcastle were throwing 40-plus million at him. I, I don't know, man. Like, it's a guy who's spent his whole career playing in Brazil, briefly Portugal, Liga, I believe, for a few seasons, and then Sevilla, where his most eye-catching performances were in high-profile European matches. But the guy does have a reputation for not only blowing hot and cold, but also making like crazy decisions, you know, like getting red cards and throwing himself around a bit. Yeah, I, yes, I'm not that big also, on this signing. You know, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I think also Diego Carlos set the record for the most penalties conceded. Did he? Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't want to be like, you know, if you haven't done it in the Premier League, you, you, you can't do it. You know, kind of, you know what I mean? That, that kind of fan of, of English football, but he's not that huge. He's only six foot, right? He's not particularly fast. In fact, he's very slow. And I, I don't know, man. Like, is, is going into Villa and having Steven Gerrard as your manager, is he going to coach you well enough to be able to adapt to the Premier League when you're a big name signing and, and you have some trouble in that defense already? Like, yeah, I, I'm not that uh, big on him. And uh, this... This certainly didn't make me want to change my mind. There's time. There's definitely time. So, yes. You know. Um, um, yeah. My yeah. my suggestion that uh, Villa might finish fifth is now. Also. Yeah, I think that was a 
certainly an interest. I I definitely after this weekend felt good about about not putting Villa that high up. And then, and in fact, I think that you could put them much lower than that. I I believe I put them top ten still or something. Didn't I put them ninth, something like that? And I shouldn't have done that. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Let's talk about your other hot take club then, Leicester, who drew two two with Brentford. Um, did you watch the highlights of this? Do yes. you have any walkbacks for this, or you know you're sticking by your well, the the take which when I told Theo about it, he I think he genuinely laughed. So, um, yeah, just so you know. Well, <laughs> I have a tremendous amount of respect for Theo, so I'm kind yeah. of insulted that he would uh, laugh at one of my opinions. kill him with kindness, kill him with kindness. But um, yeah, I will start with a cliche. Um, to defend my take and say that uh, clubs that uh, blow 2-0 leads uh, mm. is often a sign of relegation, inability to hold on yeah. to winning positions. Um, but yeah, you know, Leicester, their demise was much overstated. Um, Dewsbury Hall, um, quite the goal. Oh. Uh, yes. Quite... Uh, like 32 yards uh, quite impressive um, and overall Leicester you know we're pretty decent I think you know just I think defensively they're just not all there um, their yeah. defense uh, is I don't love it Wesley Fofana is quite highly rated but I think a lot of it is that his potential is so high. Um, yeah. I still haven't seen five matches strung together of good performances from him. Um, Interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah, 80 then, million that Chelsea are chucking at him is very steep. Very, very yeah. steep. Yeah. Um, Johnny Evans, um, horrendous. Um, I can't believe Lester trotted him <laughs> out. Um, and Daniel Marte, I actually think he... He's put put in a few performances that have surprised me because I, you know, used to hate him. Um, but mm. yeah, you know, he put in some decent performances. Um, Jamie Vardy is uh, like uh, against the rules of nature. Um, yeah. What like thirty seven? No, no, uh, he's he's thirty five. Ancient, but yeah, uh, still old. Yeah. But uh, yeah, linked to Chelsea, um, by the way. Yeah, weird one, right? Weird uh, one. Weird one, but I mean, I'm sure it would work out. Um, yeah. Already, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it would. Proven. I, I think he's. Everywhere he goes. Yeah, he's going to sign a new deal at Leicester. It looks like they're in talks right now to extend his contract by a year. Um, yeah, yeah. Leicester were a little better than I thought yeah. they'd be. Mm. Right. Um, I think both sides were a little bit better than I expected them. Um, I was yes. expecting Brentford to have some second season syndrome. Um, but, you know, they look quite, you know, well drilled. Um, yeah. And I think Ivan Tony is the type of player who, you know, like a proper classic striker, uh, very similar mm. to Callum Wilson, um, who will you know, just get you goals, um, especially when you really need them. Um, and that makes Brentford a very difficult side to beat, 
no matter what team you are. So, um, yeah, yeah, Brentford. I, Joe, I thought the the yeah both yeah both goals were excellent. Really, like you said, Ivan Tony with the classic sort of like shove off your man and then smash it into the back of the net from six yards out goal. And then I want to shout out Josh De Silva who scored the second. He's had eighteen months of complete injury nightmare. And uh, he scored it, this amazing goal, really, where, I mean, no Leicester, it was that classic, no Leicester player was closing him down kind of thing. And he kind of got the ball from this lazy clearance and um, spanked one into the, the top left-hand corner from like 23 yards out. Really good goal. Um, so that was yeah, nice to see as well. I would describe that as like the quintessential Alan St. Maximin goal. Um, yeah. He just keeps yeah. going inside, 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 and then curls it in. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, you know, I don't love Jada Silva, um, but only because. Josh Silva. Sorry, Josh DeSilva. Jada Silva is the other dude. He's, he plays with Bristol. Who, no relation, right? No relation. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about that before. But um, yeah, Josh yeah. Silva. I don't like him because he had a really bad red card against Newcastle. Um, Oh, but I did. That's my my mm. personal opinions. But yeah, you know, he's a good player. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I think Brentford could surprise quite a few teams uh, and quite a few uh, Premier League football podcasters. Uh, Name to Blake. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. Where else? Wolves leads, I suppose. Um, before before we go to certain other Manchester-based clubs um, to laugh at. Uh, real quick about that, um, Wolves have just lost Connor Cody uh, to Everton. Um, he was Ooh. dropped for the first time in a, in a long, long time um, by Bruno Lage. Um, so I guess there's a bit of a turnover there. They're putting their Faith in Max Kilman and the dude that you like, what's the name, Nathan Collins, that they bought for like 30 mil from Burnley um, at, yeah. as a centre-back pair. Um, he was looking on uh, from the stands in this matchup before moving, I think, basically the next day. Um, this was a uh, against Leeds, a very frenetic match, I thought. The quality was fairly low. Um, Wolves eventually losing 2-1 after opening the scoring in like the fifth minute with a uh, Daniel Podence goal um you know i think the debuts from uh the leeds players like brendan aronson i think rasmussen might have played as well they were looking very good um which is what jesse marsh wants for sure um rodrigo moreno scored a lovely goal um to open the 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 tally for leeds this season he had a uh, a really nice fake shot before slamming it through the goalie from the edge of the 18 um Brennan Aronson was denied a debut goal because it was ruled as a, a, a an own goal by a Wolves player. But uh yeah, two teams that I expect to be fairly close to each other in the table this season. Um who knows if that's reflected by my prediction. I think it probably is. Uh, I think probably both these teams will be mid-table. And then uh Wolves getting in Gonzalo Guedes from or Gwedge, I guess from uh, Valencia on a fairly big money deal is an interesting signing. That guy has been looked at by many Premier League clubs for years now since he was a youngster. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that adds dynamism um, to an already pretty dynamic attack uh, from in, in Wolves. 
Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, uh, I just wanted to mention them before before we move on because um, it, it was a it was a fairly entertaining game if if the quality wasn't quite there. Yeah, um, this is the one match I did not uh, catch up on, but the scoreline quite surprised me. I was not expecting. Mm, yeah, you know, leads to pull it out, but uh, yeah, I think um, the return of Patrick Bamford could. Ah, yes. That leads will be much better than they were. Um, that kind of seems to be, you know, the start of the end for last season. Leeds was the Patrick Bamford injury. So, um, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I like Patrick Bamford enough. Um, yeah. Tentatively like Patrick Bamford. Um, I wouldn't like him, I think, if he played for Newcastle, but. Uh, and he's quite like an inoffensive player. So, yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. Um, um yeah. yeah, go ahead. Um, just you know, some quick uh, other talking points. Um, Arsenal. Um, yes. Relatively comfortable. Um, Very comfortable. I, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was like. Seventy percent comfortable, seventy-five um, percent. Okay, Palace are a good team, though. Palace yes. are a good team, um, and defensively very solid, um, which I think is the biggest difference from last season. Yes, um, Tottenham four-one winners over Southampton. Um, scary potential for what they can do this season, I think. Um, although, I don't know. Jury's out on Southampton. Um, if anything changes for them. Um, and then finally, the last match we're not going to really talk about is Chelsea Everton. Um, what a terrible match. Terrible yeah, match. I, I did I not watch this it, one. but I could have told you before that that this would be a terrible dreadful. match. Um, Absolutely were, dreadful. Were Everton bad? Um, no, I didn't, I didn't actually think Everton were bad. I, I don't know if that's because this was just such a poor quality match that neither side could even... Put, any sort of like personality or stamp on the game, but no, I didn't think Everton were bad. They didn't. They didn't look chaotic. Um, they did, however, lose like two or three players to injury during the match, um, which was very stop-start because of a, a horrible injury to his name is escaping me, Ben Godfrey. I think he broke his ankle, and then there was also someone who was taken ill in the crowd in the second half as well. So a stilted game. Um, but they they looked fine, uh, you know, and and actually, you know, on Everton, they're bringing they're, they've now got in Connor Cody, and they bringing back Adrissa Gay, who was good for them, um, and they who's Onana? They beaten they beat us to the signing of Amadou Onana, this twenty year old Lille player. They signed him for forty million, uh, which is a huge amount of money, um, but. You know, with those signings and and if they can maybe get some sort of loan in at striker or something like that, they they should be fine. They really should be fine, um, especially if they fire Frank Lampard. Um, yeah, so they looked they looked all right. I think um, Chelsea looked very very dull. Raheem Sterling was good. Um, that was pretty much my only standout of that match. Koulibaly looked you know comfortable but wasn't threatened. Um, and so, yeah, it's just very boring. Um, so we can we can move swiftly onward from it. All right, that leaves one 
final match to talk about. Dun, dun, um, dun. And it felt quite inevitable, didn't it, Oscar? Oh, it did. It really did. It did. Um, you're referring to Manu Brighton. Um, Manu falling to... Was it 2-1 or 2-0? Losers. 2-1, right? Yeah, 2-1. Um, but they pulled but, but frankly, didn't deserve doesn't deserve it at all. That goal. Um, Brighton were just, in every sense of the word, better than Manchester United, who completely abandoned their, you know, objectively fluid-looking form of preseason and went straight back to to some of the worst football that they've played in in the past decade and 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 you know that kind of drab style that they had under Ralph Ranić. Um, Ronaldo wasn't started. Uh, that was a big topic of debate uh, prior to the match. Um, I watched, I watched a fair amount of this match. Um, you know, I, it was much nicer to pay attention to to Brighton. I thought that Danny Welbeck put in a worldly display up top. He, the dude, like can't run, but he he was great. I mean, he put in a great uh, centre forwards display, um, and, and just you know, already Bruno Fernandez is screaming at his teammates already rashford is just looking past it sancho completely ineffective uh you know the midfield battling hard but having no real quality um you know i I thought that lissandra martinez had a horrible debut i mean he just looked all over the place to me um and so oh man i mean and then and then you know, not to go on too long, but this week, the links that they've had with players is just so bizarre. They made a bid for Marko Arnautovic, 33-year-old Marko Arnautovic out of Bologna, who's spent the last few years in China and Syria um, after leaving West Ham for more money. And then they pulled out of that after fan backlash. And then, But they look like they're going to sign Adrian Rabio, 27-year-old Adrian Rabio, who's done nothing at Juve for the past three years or whatever it's been, and is notoriously a difficult character. And his agent, who's his mother, is frankly crazy. Not you know she, you she's you know famous for being for being a completely irrational you know sort of like tiger mother kind of thing. Um, and I just don't understand what direction this club is going in. Who's making these decisions? Is Ten Hag wanting these players? I, I don't even know what's going on. And we've said that for two years now. Um, I'll let you cut in to, you know, to give your opinion before I sort of end off what I think about Manu. Well, I'll start with, uh, did you mention also being linked to Odiani Gallo? Oh my Once God, again. really? Yeah, the return. Um, God, that it's, just It's only up, been 18 months since he last played for Manchester United. Um, which is, uh, you know, absolutely wild to think about. But, um, yeah, Odiani Gallo, who had his last good season in 2017. Um, I mean, I guess that's harsh because he's been... He's also 33, you know. yeah, Good in the Saudi Arabian League, but um, his last good season for a respectable club uh, happened in 2017. Um. And that's who <laughs> Manchester United might be relying on. Um, yeah, I mean, it just... It, I feel like we talked about you know Manchester United and just how like 
it comically cannot get any worse than last season. And then, of course, they start out their season. Yeah. Comically worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, I don't know. I love to see it, of course. Um, mm. I love to see these signings fail. I love to see Scott McTominay put in a really bad performance. You know, I love to see Jaden yeah. Sancho perform poorly. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's just pathetic, really. Um, it is. Oh, absolutely, it's pathetic. And yeah. I think, did I predict Ten Hag would be the first manager sacked? No. Did I say you Lampard? predicted Lampard? I believe. I think yeah. I, I think I put Ten Hag in the top five or top three. I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to get sacked just because. What? Who else is going to? I mean, maybe they'll go for Potch or something. I was going to say um, Pochettino, pool. Yeah, return. Do, I just think. You know, I, I I reckon now Man U are in a worse place than Arsenal ever were in the in the wilderness years, right? So I heard on a pod or on the radio recently that there was someone who was comparing them to Arsenal. I think it might have been Ian, right? And I was like, Arsenal never got this bad, never. I I re- and it was toxic at Arsenal, and they and they were like a laughing stock. And this is running deep at Man U, and. And it, it's beyond time, it's past time for these pundits associated with the man you of old, your Roy Keynes, your, your Gary Neville. I mean, he was actually a good pundit, but still, your Paul Scholes. These pundits have got to stop um, talking about the golden years. It's 20 plus years ago now. I mean, not only is it embarrassing to. To, for these, you know, like washed up middle aged men to just be reminiscing about the good old days in a very macho way. But it's so irrelevant now to what the club is that it's just, it's, it's not even worth talking about. And it's to the detriment of the club that they purport to, to love so much, right? Imagine if you're that man new player, you know that you're not good enough, your squad is not good enough to win the league. You know that the, the very best you're going to do this season is battle for for the European places. But everything you do is not good enough and is publicly not good enough and is beamed around, you know, millions of television screens with these high-profile legends of the clubs every single weekend, year on year on year on year. I mean, it just it's just rot to the core, and we've said it before, but, you know, I, I think that's my probably my biggest walk back, I suppose, of the other predictions I made last pod because I have Manu in fifth and that looks frankly impossible based on the performance um, that they put in this weekend. Yeah. Um, I agree. I hope uh, it continues. Of course. Um, I hope that the Ronaldo saga ends in flames. Um, mm. I think that would be one of the most cathartic uh Finishes. Well, for sure. Um, for sure. Especially if he like fucks off to the Portuguese league or something. So I never have to think about him ever again. Um so. but uh yeah, we'll see. Um Manchester United have um Brentford away next. Yeah, they're gonna lose. Absolutely uh, they're gonna lose. Right. I think you know Brentford are the well drilled um side that is a nightmare to come up against when you're yeah just like brighton right exactly yeah well brighton is always a shit side to come up against um 
Sure. Is they can pull out good performances against anybody. Um, yes. They're essentially everybody's bogey team. Um, and then uh, after, after Brentford, Manchester United play Liverpool. So uh, <laughs> I think there's a decent chance that Manchester United have zero points going into match day four. Um, but then they oh, play I Southampton, agree. so I think maybe it'll be they can beat them. a 9 yeah. nothing. Um Oh my god, imagine. I mean, I think that listen, I think that that Manu could be a good away team this season. I think I think Old Trafford is a real problem for them because the old the people that go to Old Trafford, the fans there, you know, they just are sick to death of this team. They hate the Glazers. They have too high expectations and it's just like the most toxic atmosphere you can find in in the EFL, basically. Um so, yeah, I, I think maybe a good away side. That's, that's the one thing that I can see going for them this season. Um, yes, I don't want to raise alarms, but I think Frankie de Jong to Manchester United is agreed. Oh, really? It's the Sun reporting, but rubbish. Uh, it just came up on my, my timeline. So, for those who don't know, Barcelona, their latest thing now is that they say that they found illegalities in the contract extensions or renewals that the likes of Frankie de Jong and a few other players signed under the Bartomeu era in 2019, I believe, right before the pandemic. So they are saying to Frankie de Jong and others that they have to revert back to their original contracts because they signed it illegally and he could be in trouble and Bartomeu's in trouble and et cetera, et cetera. And this is another way for them to try and regain, you know, lost money or money that they've just pissed away slash, you know, get them out of the club still. Um, so yeah, again, it will be interesting to see how it unfolds. It's just such a bizarre situation, such a bizarre situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, signing Rambio, I think is like, almost a definition of the recent Manchester United. Um, I just don't understand. He, they, why would you add that to the dressing room? It just makes no sense. He's not even a good player either. Like, this is a guy who, like, just doesn't, when, he, he's such a strange player. Like, he, it's as if his brain and his body don't quite match up. Where it's like he has moments of brilliance where, you know, Pogba-esque, he can like dribble through a midfield and then smash one in from 20 yards out. But like you'll often see him overhit a pass or like take a touch so heavy that a player like won't even have to tackle him. They just kind of intercept it. And it and it's like it's like he makes the pitch look smaller because he's such a clunky player. It's just such a bizarre... I just don't understand, like, why they're going in for him and who's making that decision. Like, oh, my God. I just, I just don't get it. It's just so bizarre. It's so strange. Yeah, but, you know, I honestly hope that Manchester United sign him. Um, oh, yeah. It'd be hilarious. Um, yeah? Yes. Anything else that we can uh, shit on Manchester United for? 
Um, no, I think I've said my, I've had my felt. Um, there'll be plenty more opportunities for me to do so over the next um, year. So I'm good for now. Yeah, well, right now we're in a very good habit of uh, getting podcasts churned out on time. So I know it's uh, not bad Wednesday. This time yeah. next week we'll, uh, you know, shit on Manchester United once again. It's gonna be great. Um, Oscar, that is every match talked about. Uh, do you have any random points you want to discuss? Uh, you know what? I don't think so. I think I've said everything I want to say for this podcast, Blake. It was a good one. Good opening match day. I'm looking forward to the fixtures this weekend as well. And um, here's hoping for West Ham three points against Forest. Jesse yeah. Lingard to score three own goals. That would be great. Um, I... Uh, just random points. Um, um, the local team for me here in Austria, FK Austria, um, they lost to Altach, who I guess got promoted okay. last year. SC Rheindorf Altach, which is a club I don't didn't even know exist. They lost like a 90, 94th minute uh, game. Loser, I guess you'd call it. Um, and uh, I was, uh, yeah, thinking of going to a FK Austria match, but I guess they're pretty shit. So, um, my random bit of Austrian football for you. Um, nice. Other than that, um, I am, of course, very excited for Newcastle. Um, the uh just like the optimism is off the charts um the hype levels are almost unhealthy um <laughs> it's kind of at the point where it's like destined to let a lot of people down to, to let people down yeah right the hype is so real um and we of course play brighton uh every premier league sides bogey club um, yes so uh yeah, we'll see. You know, if we lose to Brighton, yeah. I really don't care. Um, no. Brighton are a good side. Yeah, it'll be fine. Okay, Oscar. All This has been episode one of season yes. three. Season um, three. It's Amazing. excellent to be back. Um, it's excellent to have football. I can watch at very normal times because I'm in Europe. Yeah. Um, it's kind of nice. Yes. Um, and so instead of watching at 9 a.m. while I'm at work, I'm watching at 3 p.m. while I'm at work. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, please email us, follow us on Twitter. Um, yes. You know, leave us a review. Um, if you want to appear as a guest on the podcast. Um, tell us. Yeah, tell us. We're more than happy, um, especially if you're a Manchester United fan. Um, please come and defend your team. Um, mm-hmm. and we'll try to take it a little bit easy on you um, yes but uh, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week bye